to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. This conversation that I'm about to share with you was an IG Live just a few hours ago with my dear friend, Stephanie Sundara, who is a Akashic Records reader and evolutionary astrologer. And we talked about the theme of home and belonging, opened the records about it and got into some of the energetics of home and belonging and ended up talking about cancer and the other cardinal signs were approaching the cancer solstice. We also discussed Uranus and Taurus and building a web or building a network of belonging through the exchange of resources, uh, offering what it is that we have to give as well as receiving and opening ourselves up to receive from others. Stephanie has been on this podcast a few times before. We tend to open the Akashic Records. I think we have each time we record together. And we're both, you know, Jupiter ruled Mercury's from traditional astrology perspective, you know, Mercury in Pisces, Mercury in Sagittarius. So we just tend to flow with it and philosophize. So I'm excited to share this conversation and the things that emerged in our exploration of what home means, both of us right now, you know, in between living situations in some sense, like I, I am living somewhere, but it is temporary and Stephanie's on the road. An update before we begin, I have a Kickstarter campaign to fund a year ahead of Monarch Astrology Forecast, the ones shared to this podcast, as well as Magic of the Spheres podcast episodes. This campaign is now live. We are on day nine, and currently at the time of recording this, we have 50 backers. So thank you so much for this momentum at the beginning of our campaign. It's 40 days, so we have 31 days to go. And... I'm asking all of you who enjoy this podcast to check out this campaign and check out the rewards that I'm offering backers. There's a variety of talks, including a talk on the astrological eros and a year ahead 2022 forecast. A lot of the reward tiers are stacked, meaning that you gain multiple talks or things, uh, based on like rewards from the previous tiers being folded in. So for example, if you sign up for what is going to be half off tuition to the evolutionary astrology intensive, the, you also get all of these other talks in that. So you get like a whole kind of package. I'm also teaching creative writing in a more extensive way for the first time. And this is after a life of being a writer and studying writing both informally as a kid who found a writing website on the internet and made friends all over the world, learning how to write for several years in community to also studying writing formally in college and also just absorbing the writing education. That was pretty excellent. I would say like looking back, like I know that I was angsty in high school and stuff, but when I think about that writing education I got just from my English teachers in high school, I'm pretty in awe of like how much I learned about literary analysis and all of this. So writing, you know, it's something that every week or so I feel like people do say something about my writing or my lyrical quality, uh, my vernacular. And because I'm not like a writing teacher specifically, 
I don't actually use a lot of space on this platform to teach writing, but I definitely have things I could teach about writing. So this Kickstarter campaign, it's the second one. I ran one last year and I taught about online presence as performance art, which is also available as a replay in this year's Kickstarter. But I'm seeing this Kickstarter as an opportunity to share more with you that's outside of my normal brand. Essentially like magic of the spheres is something that I created because I was sharing astrology content every week. And I wanted to talk about more things outside of astrology and the whole umbrella of life and philosophy and spirituality. So, um, that being said, it's a lot of hours of work that goes into this every week. And I have really designed my life to, you know, I'm not employed by anyone else. I'm self-employed. Um, I write and create things for hours every week. A lot of it that I just share completely for free. And um, I also, you know, this is in addition to teaching courses, designing curriculum and working with people one-on-one. So in terms of all of this labor that goes into free content, the Kickstarter is a way to ask at the end of the year, the beginning of the, the year, however you want to look at it, Monarch astrology is a Gemini. So our solar return just happened. Um, so at this time of approaching, you know, another gear of content creation, I like to ask for your help financially funding a year ahead of this really deep and rich content. You know, I don't really hold back here. Um, some of you, when you review this podcast, like a lot of you really comment on the depth here. So just consider what value this podcast has brought into your life or what value the forecasts bring into your life. Um, and consider this an opportunity to fund like public radio essentially, and to fund these transmissions and also, um, pledge for a variety of really awesome things, including a creative writing course, image hive, discounted tuition to the evolutionary astrology intensive and reading slots, um, to book with me. The um, prices are raising for the evolutionary astrology intensive and the uh, one-on-one readings with me. So the Kickstarter is a great way to access uh, for readings, the rate that um, will, you know, is the current rate before it increases and the kick, the course, uh, the evolutionary astrology intensive the current price for it on the Kickstarter is basically half off tuition. And we're going to start up again in around October dates to be determined, but autumn 2021, essentially. Okay. And I will get into the beautiful conversation that I had with Stephanie Sundara now. And you can find the link to the Kickstarter and back the campaign by going to the show notes. minute to come in we're going to podcast about home and belonging yeah i'm excited this is a topic that's alive for both of us right now in a variety of ways both like technique oriented astrology you know where we're at and also just what's actually happening and happening in our lives which is kind of how it goes anyway Astrology is a correlation science. Yeah. And this is the best time, I feel like, to parse through things, to explore things, both ideationally and spiritually, and like 
flow with it in conversation because it's like literally like flowing through your being. And those are times where I feel like maybe we think we're still learning about it. Mm. And we are. But it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, um, thank you for joining. Welcome. Welcome. This will, um, kind of open officially by introducing ourselves. This is going to be on Magic of the Spheres podcast as well. So, um, it's, it's a kind of more rare occasion to do a live at the same time. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. But welcome, everyone. I'm here live with Stephanie Sundara. Hello. And we've been hanging out the last few days in Portland and Vancouver, Washington. So a lot of people on Magic of the Spheres know you. But for anyone who um, hasn't been introduced to you yet, can you tell people about yourself? Yeah. My name is Stephanie Sundara. I am an advisor and I weave in the Akashic records and that form of channeling as well as evolutionary astrology and also earth-based practices, earth-based wisdom uh, to bring in more richness into people's lives to point them towards the movement and the fluctuation and the journey of their soul that they may be going through. And I find that these modalities, like they add so much, like they add a variety of perspectives and um, are a really like intricate way to I guess, parse through your life and what's happening. And most of all, like being attracted to the unknown, mm. not being scared of it and actually like going headfirst for it mm. and, and like feeling and living through the magic that all of that brings. Wow. I love that. So Stephanie, you're a Sagittarius Aquarius rising, and I feel like you have this futuristic energy where you working with the unknown as this like expansive portal to kind of playing with the chords and mysteries of life. Yes. Um, Yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do. One of my favorite essences to embody is the moment right before you're about to jump off of a so-called cliff where Hmm. you can see the horizon in front of you with the utmost clarity and knowing that it's really far away but becoming enthralled at like how much how much distance there is in between you and the horizon but how much can happen in between then it's it's invigorating. It's, I feel like such a core part of what, what we're meant to feel in life. So how is home and belonging alive for you right now as a theme? You know, I have been asked a lot in the past couple of weeks, where are you from? Uh (laughs) Where do you come from? People almost ask me like, where do you come from? Like, who are you? And The place that I was born is different from the place that I've grown up, which is different from 
the place that I have been living in in the past four years, which is different from the place that I am now. And so uh, to put it kind of short, I had been living in San Francisco for the past four years, which is where we met. Mm -hmm. We were in California Institute of Integral Studies together. Yeah, just because it's cute. I feel like... Oh, no, I added some green. Okay. Um, We met in class. It was a class I ended up dropping, but I feel like the only reason I signed up for that class was to meet Stephanie. And we were placed in like a half circle on the first day. And I feel like I felt this attraction towards Stephanie and her fashion. And I feel like we went up to each other after class and both at the same time were like, I like your outfit. (laughs) And then next, what's your sign? (laughs) And like, sometimes we do that, just say, the same exact thing at the yeah. same time but yeah that was like I think a, a karmic kismet friendship and yeah. then I dropped the class and was like that was the only reason I was there you didn't need the <laughs> class but we just needed to meet and I remember when we first I noticed you in class and was so gravitated towards you and I was like she's powerful and she knows it and that's hot <laughs> And then I went up to you. We like both locked eyes at the same time and we're just like, I see you. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) But it came out as like, I like your outfit. (laughs) So, so yeah, we met in San Francisco and um, I didn't know that you weren't thinking about rooting down there, but I knew that I was kind of in transition there. I knew that ever since I first moved there, that I wasn't going to live there forever. And I finally left and me and my partner are on the same page and, uh, living in Maui for an extended period of time has been a dream. And so I'm in transition to, to go there soon in a few weeks, but I've been traveling up the coast of California. I, Went to Spirit Weavers in Southern Oregon uh, on Cedar Bloom Farm. And Sabrina's just five hours north and I'm a Sagittarius. And I'm like, oh, that's nothing. I might as well go up and visit you while I'm here. And it's it's magical here. So, you know, I've been in many different homes, many different living situations. I've spent the night here. I've been back at my apartment in San Francisco where my housemates are like, this is still your home, like welcome and feeling that. And I went back to visit my parents in Florida and felt that kind of home, which is like a really big, uh, just really big feelings. You know, your family of origin being a part of your definition of home too. Mm -hmm. And it's different for all of us. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now and continue talking a little more about it, but yeah. How's, how is home and belonging alive for you right now? Uh, so I moved to Portland. Um, I had a vision during an eclipse. So during eclipses, I tend to eclipse within Uh, which means going into meditation and seeing what comes through the eclipse portal. And the eclipse was lighting up my uh, midheaven and IC. And the IC in the chart can relate to home. 
Um, it's kind of like the roots or it's this most subterranean part of the chart. And so I was in the bath, eclipsing within. I feel like a bathtub is a good, you know, fourth house IC location. Yeah. And it really distinctly just like dropped into my consciousness, moved to Portland and create a home. And so mm. I set up path to do that. It had been maybe like a year or so, you know, that like sometimes when I would have to like move living situations, I would go into this panic of like, I don't know where to live because <laughs> my work is completely remote. And so uh, that happened the last time, you know, I moved. I ended up living in an amazing house situation um, that felt like really just like magical and restorative um, and just kind of wrote out the first part of the pandemic and like a really healthy living situation, which was like a really big blessing. Uh, but I knew that I didn't want to live in the Bay. So when that vision came through, as I was eclipsing within, I was like, of course, okay, I'm going to move to Portland, create a home. I had lived in Olympia, Washington for seven years. So I know the area. And then I got up to Portland. I, I was really struggling to find a place to rent. I thought I would just go find a place easy. Little did I know that the rental market here and the housing market is like very challenging at the moment. Um, so I couldn't find a place. I remember looking at one place that I fell in love with and seeing all these fantasies of what would happen in that home and then feeling so much despair and depression when I didn't, you know, I was like naive. I texted the, um, the agent or something directly. And I was like, I love your home. Like I didn't realize that they, um, it's a first come first serve. So I was trying to like <laughs> get in there <laughs> and it didn't work out, but, um, I ended up, you know, I was just kind of walking around Portland feeling like, what am I going to do? It's rainy. There's like snow on the ground. I can't find a place to live. So I decided to email my mailing list. I segmented it to Portland and I was like, will someone house me? <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone take someone me under me? your wing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a little bit innovative, I think, for me to uh, email like my following or like the people that I share astrology with and be like, Hey, I, I need a place to live. Like there was a part of me that felt like you can't do that. Or like, that's not the purpose of the mailing list. Um, but I'm continually inspired by Amanda Palmer's book, the art of asking, mm. so I just kind of open up, like, where's this security net that's holding me in life? You know, like I do have a lot of support systems. So someone reached out through the email list and I stayed with her um, and it was a wonderful entrance to Portland. I felt like, uh, I wasn't, wasn't alone. You know, I landed here in kind of like a, a nice situation and was given recommendations of places to go. And that place was temporarily available, but I still like go and visit her and chat with her. And I introduced yeah. the two of them cause they both have a Sag stellium in the 10th house. And it was like a twin situation. It was like talking to a mirror. She was like, do you stress about details? Cause I know. And I'm like, no, I just do things on a whim <laughs> and she's like okay yeah it's a thing <laughs> yeah it was it was cute it was funny and like then um I moved to another place here in Vancouver I was like reaching out to social media again like help me find a place to live and um I was connected through a friend to the place that I'm living now 
And then I came out with my book while I was living here. And my hosts, um, Trina and Joshua, threw me like a celebration, which I wasn't expecting. So I think I've found, you know, since I've been here that I've been consistently held and supported, especially when I reach out into the world and ask for support. Um, But I'm also, you know, I've been looking to purchase a home for the first time in my life. uh, And it's it's excruciating, I would say, (laughs) Uh, because uh, it's just an emotional roller coaster. And I I really vacillate between faith that it's possible. The housing market is difficult right now. People are bidding $50,000 over asking price. Um, So yeah, it's just been kind of like, I have this longing to create a home and to land somewhere and to like buy furniture and create a space and all of this. And I don't know if I can right now. Um, so I've just kind of been sitting with that desire and that yearning and trying not to, um, dip so much. Like I've put in a few offers for houses and get rejected. And each time I feel like it's opened up these portals in my soul, just like, it's just a rejection about a house, but why is it taking me to such a deep, I see bottom of my chart kind of place? And, you know, synchronistically, it would show me things that I needed to look at. Um, so I feel like I've been taken on this journey in terms of looking for homes that's revealing to me something deeper beneath the, the actual manifestation of a physical home. So, yeah, that is, it's, it's nice that you can distinguish between like, yeah, this is something that's happening externally. Like it seems to be just, you know, being rejected of like a place that I, you know, applied to buy or whatever. And for other people, it may not have the same effect, but for you, you're noticing that like it's hitting this, this really sensitive, like core um, or cord. And so, yeah, it's like, I also want to ask you, like, what have you felt and how has it felt when you've had these little pockets of time where you are held, where you ask, like, you know, do you have somewhere to live or can people help with this? And then you receive in some way, what has that felt like? Hmm. It feels really magical. Like there's something about like I'm a Taurus moon and my vision of security may be very stable, like having my own home with a walk in closet that has my whole fucking wardrobe. (laughs) And I'm just like feeling set, feeling set up, you know, and that's not my situation at the moment. Um, I do have a nice closet in the place that I'm staying, uh, granted, but like. I think that that's my egoic vision of what would make me feel secure, but the universe is giving me something else. And so feeling into the flux of not knowing what's happening next or where I'm Mm -hmm. going next, um, Mm -hmm. has created a kind of like musical chairs feeling where everything's like moving around and you don't know where you're going to settle. And I think that there's a humility and a spontaneity and a vulnerability that emerges from that, because I think the downside of being a Taurus moon is that if I did have my, you know, secure egoic vision of what would make me feel secure, like I might not be as open to connection um, as you are in those moments of passing and transition where you do need to reach out to people or be more interdependent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's teaching me that, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe that will also influence, you know, like the person who took me in first, she has taken in stray animals who need help before. <laughs> and I was like, I'm one of them. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, maybe that will inspire me in the future in terms of when I have my own situation, uh, being more open to travelers or more open to like mm. people passing through than mm. I might have been before because I know what it's like to be in that position. Yeah. There's even though like on the surface, it's a tough situation, not knowing like where your permanent home base is going to be. There's like an underlying uh, desire to strengthen being okay with where you are and being okay with not knowing Hmm. like being in the unknown in terms of like your home and that's why you visited (laughs) the universe is like you need these codes we're gonna send (laughs) stephanie en route (laughs) you know and i'm a traveler i'm just like i'm a traveler right now i'm just passing through you know um so i'm i'm coming from that end of things and yeah it's like underneath it all underneath the like ah you know it's like something there's always something in you and and even in us in general where like we want to be okay we want to touch into the uh inevitable like web of safety like uh maternal womb that we all come from that is still among us like Mm -hmm in an ethereal sense or in a, in a way we come from that and it's still alive in us, even though we aren't physically in like our mother's womb anymore. But like, I feel like sometimes in our lives, we just recede into that. Like we like the things in our outside of ourselves fall away. Our house falls away. Our, our, our partner falls away. Our parents fall, fall away. And there's like this desire to be like, I am okay without all of those things. I am stable without all of those things. I am always at home. Like I am home. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Should we open the records? I know. I feel (laughs) (laughs) I feel them opening with that, uh, with that little bit there. Yeah some comments I feel this so hard right now beautiful so with the Akashic Records I always start off with the pathway prayer and then the second part is silent for a few seconds and then I announce when the records are open and we can we can explore what goes from there and also ask questions So feel free to type in the comments if you have any questions and Sabrina, if anything comes up for you. Okay. And would love some questions about um, general, like applies for everyone, like Mm -hmm. archetypal home, not questions about specific needle placements. Yeah. What should we call ourselves? The Magic of the Spheres podcast viewers or, or listeners or? Hmm the the travelers and <laughs> <laughs> the travelers and seekers the homeward bound 
homeward bound. Poetic. I like it. Spirit, support me into coming into an elevated and expanded state of consciousness so that I may come into vibrational alignment with your perspective and knowing. Set aside the totality of my personality. so that I may come into full presence with your perspective. Allow me to know the homeward bound as they are known through the mind of the Akashic records. Allow me to see the homeward bound as they are seen through the eyes of source and enable me to share the messages of their masters, teachers, and loved ones with integrity, clarity, and love. And so it is, the records are now open. We all come into this life with a set of guides. And this may be something we all know and have felt, but sometimes we think of our guides as being people, uh, our human perspective can sometimes only see guides or our teachers or our helpers, our soul helpers in the form of like humans or, or figures in that way. But they transcend like a human essence. And everything that we are interested in life, everything that we develop a passion for, everything that we develop a craft in is they are actually like also our spirit guides in a way. We all come with a collection of, you know, guides that are our passions, that are our crafts that are the kind of storyline and karmic development of our life. And we're all like walking with them and we can all share them with each other. And just as how channeling is something that has come to me, the Akashic Records is something that comes naturally to me that I have a, an affiliation with a yeah an admiration for uh, that's kind of like my guide that is something that has completely transformed my life and that 
I have as a resource to share with people. And it goes the same as Sabrina and your, uh, like precision and amazing talent and amazing ability to teach astrology. Mm-hmm. That is almost like, like it feels like it's someone that you met in a past life. And that is now with you in this lifetime, like guiding you and um, living through you. And you're now helping it live through with other people as an essence of a teacher and of a guide. So we all have those things. And those are where we can find home in. Those are where our anchors are. Those are where our uh, like pillars are, no matter no matter what is happening externally and in the physical realm. Yeah, that I feel a connection with that because so the physical manifestation of home is our, you know, dwelling mm-hmm. where we reside. Um, and then something that we have that carries with us wherever we go is the things that we're interested in and have a connection to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even, you know, finding all the places I've found to rent since I've been here have been connected to astrology and sharing forecasts and asking my audience or asking other astrologers for leads on where to live. And I felt that as like my net or as my home, you know, I feel at home on the internet, for example, in that way. So let's see. We had a question from Verena about what the connection is between home, cancer, and the ego. And I think the essence of the question, as I'm like recalling it from memory, was something about the difference between um, getting maybe stuck in an egoic security pattern versus like nourishment or. Um, yeah. I think that it's easy. It's easy to confuse other people and our relationships as like landing pads hmm. uh, for our sense of emotional or physical security or even spiritual security. Oftentimes what I feel like is backwards is when we participate in our relationships from a place of, oh, this person has to show me that they're safe in order for me to fully be myself and to fully uh, love them. And when I say love them, I mean like, being able to just be true to yourself and being able to have a real connection without all of these protective mechanisms or without like a weird thing in between you both. Um, I feel like being Cancerian and embodying a Cancerian essence is being that safe place first. (laughs) Being the like not not safety net where you are trying to save people constantly and like kind of like pull it that in your life but 
just knowing that you're already safe within yourself and that you're already at home within yourself and being able to be that way, even in the face of someone else's like dim capacity to love, even in the face of someone else's dim capacity, dim capacity to, to trust, to, uh, explore a fuller connection, a more, a more rich connection between you two. How does yeah. one become safe in themselves or be safety? I think by like by not being afraid of rejection, by being able to to trust and to love whoever and whatever. Even, even if what is expected uh, doesn't happen, and even if the other person or the opportunity that we're trying to go towards, quote unquote, rejects us, when this is we're a personal call out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I didn't even think of like where you are. I'm also it's like alive in me too. Um, it's alive in both of us once again <laughs> from different angles for you. It's like an opportunity. And for me, it's like, I think people and friendships hmm. like embarking on that again, new friendships. Um, I have some thoughts yeah. about being safe for, you know, there's one thing that occurs to me, which is that there's a certain layer of reality, which isn't actually safe. Like if we look at the, um, kind of like volcanic or primal or um, hunting animals, like layer of reality, there's, you know, or natural disasters. Like, I don't think safety and security is guaranteed in this earth life. Um, so there's one way of just like, when I think about safety, sometimes what has helped me feel secure is not feeling like those things are, um, granted in some sense. So not holding on to them as ideals. Mm. On the other hand, I also relate with um, feeling this angelic net of support. I often, you know, feel like I am safe in this life because of my intuition and my connection with spiritual guides. Like I feel like I know where to not go or where to put my energy, what to avoid because I trust my system's intuition and don't override it a lot of the time. And sometimes if I do override it, it is kind of getting into a situation of like, well, I knew that that was, you know, iffy, but I went towards it anyway. So I've learned to just like really trust my intuition in that way. So there's that uh, ethereal net of support and safety and I think another part of being safe is also trusting oneself. Like when we um, don't have good interpersonal boundaries, you know, like, for example, if I meet someone who's singing tales, uh, their way of describing their reality is that everyone messes with them. Everyone lets them down, that they, you know, give so much and then they get taken from. 
I don't feel safe in that person's energy field because I feel like I'm going to get pulled into that story in one way or another mm-hmm. because they their boundaries in terms of how they give, maybe they overgive or, you know, self not self-sabotage, self-betray, right? And mm-hmm. so being on the other end of that, you know, I think for me in terms of like, seeking connection with others. Um, I've definitely had more manipulative interpersonal patterns when I was younger. Um, I would want my friends to change so that I could feel better. And I would write them long letters about how they should change. And like all this, you know, like I was like a really intense friend. (laughs) And I just like, you know, and even like in like romantic things when I was younger, they're like, don't leave me, you know, like I've done some, some stuff in terms of being, uh, you know, I have cancer South node too. So maybe some of that, um, is part of it. But what I ended up learning was that the more that I held myself and developed good interpersonal boundaries, the more at ease people felt around me and the more access I had to like good connection. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, that when we do, shadow work and take deep accountability and responsibility for the patterns that we see show up over and over again in our lives that we label as other people, you know, like other people always treat me this way. Um, and we do the alchemy of responding differently with reality. Then I think it does put the environment or other people more at ease. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also met like It's like this Capricorn magic in particular, like the person who is calm and is like a tree in a social situation Mm. and people feel secure and safe around them because that person is relaxed into the earth and not running a lot of anxious thoughts. Um, I think about a lot about uh, remediating for the, I, that's an interesting word because it's astrological, but alleviating social anxiety and moving more into charisma magic, because at a party, for example, if a person is running a lot of anxious thoughts or not feeling secure in themselves, they have an energetic field potentially that is organizing reality into that story. Versus when you enter a space and you feel confident or good about yourself and ready to connect with other people from that place of um, self-value and interest in others, you can have these glittering, magical conversations with people and people feel at ease or people have fun. And it's like the other person didn't make that person feel safe. It's an inner energy, like you were saying, that comes from within, like yeah. home first. Yeah, there this can also live in uh groups and communities and collectives of people and i think it's more concentrated in like even smaller groups of people where there almost isn't like a pressure to have a role and to have a title and to have like i don't know a a duty even though those things are important but there isn't like this this pressure to do them and in turn there's almost like this unspoken uh code of like you can relax into your being just as you are just as you come as you are now and like from that beautiful offerings or beautiful collaborations and conversations and feeling exchanges and connections with people can emerge 
because there's this inherent sense that like we're all part of the ecosystem we're we're all part of like the 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 web here already what kinds of communities are you speaking of i am what i'm speaking of is primarily spirit weavers and uh which is a gathering but it's on the the land called cedar bloom and it was just amazingly refreshing how and i actually do uh i feel as though the owner maya she is she is like a tree she is just like this solid person that doesn't need to say much but that like has created this now unspoken like moral code of like it is safe here it's heavenly here and everyone belongs um and and we'll stick to the integrity of that and it just like swirls around in like day-to-day activities and conversations there's something you know about the all the cardinal signs so cancer capricorn aries and libra the cardinal signs of the zodiac relate to leadership Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we're like aries yeah leadership I'm going to go do this first. Capricorn, of course, leadership, manager, boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> energy, uh, Libra, I think, you know, diplomacy intact. And then I think we leave cancer out sometimes of like, and I think that that's actually just very patriarchal because, you know, the yeah. cancerian energy does lead. It's like mm-hmm. the values that are instilled in a family matrix. Right. Yeah. And people who have the sentiment that they want to raise their kids in a certain way um, to, you know, treat people well or something like that. But I think there's also a degree, you know, in terms of someone who's creating an environment or a culture mm-hmm. um, that you lead by your being and kind of like the energy, the nesting that you've cultivated in a space could speak to um, you know, in terms of creating containers, like the Capricorn part might be the the structures and the rules. And like, these are, these are our values and codes here. But I think um, cancer plays a part in that too, in terms of how we, um, just how we start, <laughs> how we initiate the emotionality of the space. And um, I feel that, you know, as someone who teaches and creates group containers, um, you know, being in that position of like, how can I cultivate, you know, tell people what we're doing here, model it. And then when I go to other um, classes or other events, I really study the facilitators and see what they're doing and how, mm-hmm. um, what kinds of invitations they create, what kinds of boundaries they create and how they lead in their energy and their essence. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking of someone who has a home or has a community that they've created. And that's a form of leadership in terms of the energy that's going to fill that space. And I think that it's interesting how you brought up that cancer is often forgotten as a way to lead, but it's, it's the art of being able to be held. And that is like, that is a skill that is and it may be patriarchal as well because it's a a form of receptivity where Mm -hmm. 
you have to be almost like not subdued, but you're taking like a step back and like receiving forms of nourishment and forms of love, structures, a home, uh, a moral code to live by where you feel safe in. It's it's immense trusting and it's immense. Uh, it's it's really easy to to forget that it's actually hard sometimes especially when like the heart isn't softened um Mm. and it's a big it's a big sensation to like hold to to hold uh receiving so much love like believing that someone can actually care for you but for the people that are doing the caring on the capricorn axis they need people to like feel held that is that is a part that is like the puzzle piece of that so what's the patriarchal part because i think what i meant by this was like in terms of cultural values when we talk about um what leadership looks like if we think about someone in the workplace or someone who's creating like culture out in the world versus like the internal leadership of a family system or like one's emotional body and like letting the truth of one's emotions like live out. But hmm. yeah, I'm not sure if I'm connecting there. I, I was, I was bringing up that it might be patriarchal to like leave out cancer as being a leading force because that's what I meant too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's receptivity and, and the patriarchy doesn't value oh. receptivity. Okay. Now I get you. Okay. Yeah. Um, my mind just yeah let's come back well the eclipses um, they went over my north and south node my south node being in Gemini but my south node is in the fourth house in my fourth house and then my north node is in Sagittarius but in my 10th house and so you know like when the lunar eclipse eclipsed my my north node 10th house it was like eclipsing the structures of home in a physical sense of like my actual like apartment and like the walls in there and and then as like the solar eclipse progressed and came to a completion and uh kind of like illuminated my fourth house it was like what kinds of places and environments that home structures can be in are actually uh, nurturing and are actually nourishing. And for me, I'm finding that, and it, and it contrasts a little bit of like what you're doing, where for me, it, I'm finding myself requiring, like needing to be and live closer to the earth, needing to be like, literally like outside more. And now looking into permaculture and sustainable living facilities and, uh, you know, cob homes, 
and like earth ships, like literally changing the material structure of homes and how that has an effect on the body and a sense of nourishment. Also like the shape of houses, how like square rooms and places don't do it for me anymore. I just like, I really, I love the idea of exploring new shapes, like literally like new structures of, of homes, of, um, like domes and things like that and even like you know uh communities yes but bigger places bigger plots of land where there is the kitchen apart from where you sleep apart from like the tea room apart from these little hubs that are more like scattered throughout where you have a chance to like be with the land more in between those places. Hmm. So, you know, now is just kind of like the, the stepping stones on how to have that for myself, like how to be the owner of that for myself and have that as like my own castle. And there's a certain like sense of security that that brings too. And I think that that is within the definition of home and belonging when you actually like own what you are. Yeah. Well, that's part of my inspiration to like find a place to buy is the sense of not having to pick up and leave Um, because rental situations feel a little bit more unstable. It's also the idea of making an investment with rent instead of throwing my rent away. Like that's part of where it's coming down to for me as well. Yeah. But then using your resources more wisely. Yeah. But I think that, you know, just going and touring all these homes and like just having this part of what it's been teaching me too, is that it's a, it's a big investment. It's a big decision. So I'll step into a home and feel like, do I want to commit to this? And it's actually revealing to me the places in my life where I'm like, this isn't quite right. This isn't quite aligned, but I don't know. It's fun. We'll do it for a little bit. Right. And like buying a home, I can't, I can't justify to myself going through all of that, um, you know, the mortgage and like everything that that entails if it isn't aligned. So it's showing me, it's at least teaching me (laughs) in the interim of wherever I'm going to land with it what it means to really commit to something that you have, you know, a long-term intention with. But that being said, most of the homes that I'm able to look at, or that would be in my price range are very conventional in some sense. Like they're not earth ships or like <laughs> Adobe, yeah. like circular <laughs> houses. Right. And yeah. so while as I'd love, while I'd love that it doesn't immediately look accessible in some sense. And so it has had me thinking about, um, Yeah. Like it's interesting to bring that up because I would love to. So this is another thing that I've noticed, by the way, and like people who have Saturn and Aquarius, like, let me know if you resonate with this. But I know so many people of this micro generation. So the Saturn and Aquarius people who are just, you know, in their soul Saturn returns right now for years, I've been hearing people with this placement talk about these, um, ideal living situations that involve communal living and like a plot of land with a shared kitchen and like all these different tiny homes or like dwelling spaces um, and having this like 
group community. And that is like a dream of the Saturn and Aquarius generation that I feel I've seen, you know, and we're both Saturn and Aquarius. So I'm wondering what's going to happen for us as we um, mature into the promise of the Saturn and Aquarius thing, which is very architectural and very innovative in terms of how we're not just creating you know, our livelihoods in terms of like our careers, but how we're creating a living situation in a more innovative way. Yeah, there there was so much more room for me to be both the provider of something and like the uh, the home base, if you will, for something like like being the 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 tree, so to speak, for people. And then also there was so much more room for me to allow myself to be held in little ways like of me needing things. And especially like on the precipice of doing all of this moving and all of this traveling, it almost debilitated me like feeling and thinking of all these different ways of of me going to need things, going to need like materials or resources or like a bed to sleep and things like that. And in, in the kind of community that I was in at Spirit Weavers, it was like everything that I was thinking that I needed, it would show up to me from different people there over the course of the time, like almost like Hmm synchronistically and instantly and it was as if like being around that that many people not that it was a lot of people at all but like being in that kind of communal matrix there was more of a chance to be held and to be provided for because there's more people and therefore more resources well to speak of like trees too and tree metaphors i think there's um an underground like communication between trees i'm not an expert in this but this is what i hear and same with like mushrooms and um the idea that when we have something to offer or something to give and we're part of a community that the energies of like spirit guides and intuition and the kind of ethereal net that holds us all together will guide us toward the experiences of sharing um, and receiving. Right. So we can have a desire and kind of put that out either, you know, with our voice or even just thinking it sometimes and someone else picks up the transmission and offers that. Likewise, you know, we like you were saying with craft when we develop something that is a wealth to the community, then spirit will place us in experiences where we get to share that natural resource, you know, as one way to put it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that I feel, you know, something I didn't mention in terms of like home that has been kind of revelatory lately is like this practice of sitting with trees and praying with them by bringing out a bowl of water and a candle. um, And, talking to the tree, to particular planets, to spirit guides, to angels, um, and offering prayer. And I've had some pretty interesting experiences, both in terms of the, the little flowers and ants and moss and the tree becoming more visually vivid and feeling the aliveness of it and feeling like I am actually speaking to, you know, and I'm not 
I'm already, you know, into talking to the planets and into talking to mystical beings. So it's not a stretch for me, but it is enlivening to actually see my vision change and to feel this energy in my body of like, Ooh, like I am talking to someone that is beyond just my imagination that I'm talking to someone. But I've also had my prayers answered from doing that and have felt supported by that. Um, so thinking about how are we, how are we being more natural in our humanness in terms of like dropping into resource exchange and being at home in an ecosystem by offering and gifting what we have and receiving from others. And I think that there is a kind of abundance magic that happens when we put ourselves into the flow of exchange And this can be done, you know, through the human structure of commerce. Like that is one way that I feel like commerce and things like the Internet, you know, the Internet is a human construction, but it permeates all of life. Like I have thoughts in my head throughout the day that are inspired by things that I read online. So there's Mm -hmm. a everything kind of morphs together. But I think that when it comes to resource exchange and feeling held in the net of life, that there's, and we've been talking about this the last few days, like mm-hmm. commerce, money, commerce. And also, um, do you have an inspired thought in your mind? And do you share that on the internet or share that in conversation? Um, do you have impulses of creativity run through you and let them out into the world somehow? And I think that that puts us in the flow of belonging in a really embodied, like earth-based way. It makes me think about Uranus and Taurus mm-hmm. squaring Saturn and Aquarius, bringing liberation to uh, new forms of resource. And also um, the asteroid goddess Ceres and how she represents and is kind of um, like you can you can think of her as being related to cancer as well of the way that like mothers just produce the uh, right amount of milk for their babies and mammals too and animals in general. But if we're thinking about like mothers, how like, like the milk comes from just their body. They, they don't go and like get it from the store and like put it in their body to then give it to the baby. Like the body naturally produces this resource that knows the exact timing that knows the exact like biochemistry of nutrients it needs to give the baby. And it comes from this like infinite well of resource. And we all have that. We all have that in different ways. And it, it's not just money and it's not just the things that are deemed as uh, normal resources as they are now. And also it, it like is money, too. And there's even with like things like cryptocurrency and uh, all of these kind of revolutionary ways of thinking about money. It's like it's almost as if resource is being uh, rethought and in the way that I like to think about it and bring it into my life is is how resource is infinite because because we're alive because because we're here because we're alive it's just 
it's just in us. Um, and the other thing I was thinking too, is like when you're going to give an offering and commune in a, in a prayer kind of way, in a ceremonial kind of way of honoring what is honoring what is alive around us Mm. and especially what is alive in an inanimate sense it brings us closer to the all of the different ecosystems we're a part of and it also brings us to a state of reverence where we can see the beauty in everything and the value in everything in so much more and I was saying this last night, it, reverence cannot exist at the same time as scarcity or as at the same time as insecurity. Reverence almost like catapults you into belonging, the inherent sense of belonging and your inherent uh, well of resource. Hmm. That's beautiful. So... Can we read the comments? Um, I've been reading them as we've been going. People connecting with some of the things we've shared. And yeah. Did we have any other questions for the records? I think this may be a good like closing. Okay. Um, Just for people, you know, listening currently or um, in the future, but actually, I mean, right away, Stephanie has some availability for Akashic readings, like, yeah, essentially this weekend. If uh, if you're in Portland, I'm here for the next few days. Uh, You can reach out to me on my Instagram to book a session in person. Online sessions are also available uh, pretty much over so your the Instagram next... handle is mm-hmm. at Stephanie Sundara or is there like a it's at Stephanie Sundara yes okay. and that's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E mm-hmm. Sundara Sundara mm-hmm. and um, I'm running a Kickstarter to fund a year ahead of Monarch Astrology so the forecast that I share and um magic of the spheres podcast which in a sense like for me sharing my writing online has been a um I guess like one of my like natural resources or something is that I have um a kind of like the word I guess like a prolific quality with writing like I do have a lot of ideas run through my system and it's felt more natural to me to just let that out unhindered to not have, you know, an employer, to not have an editor, um, but to actually just share my writing and share these transmissions. Uh, and the Kickstarter has been a ask to receive financial support um, to be gifted back in a sense for sharing all of this um, free content. So I'm already really um, excited with like who's come through so far to support. We're on like day nine, I think. And we're currently at 50 people. So I'm really moved by that because I will kind of imagine in myself like a room with 50 people in it and feel that love and that support and that net and just be really awed by that. Um, So 
Yeah, just an ask from my heart if you enjoy the forecasts and enjoy Magic of the Spheres podcast to check out the Kickstarter. I'm offering a variety of talks and um, slots for astrology readings, as well as a new creative writing course, the replay of last year's online presence is performance art, as well as um, discounted tuition for the evolutionary astrology intensive. So much goodness in there. So much good stuff. (laughs) So anything that you want to share in closing? Um, I hope that this spurs uh, more inquiry and a richer experience of what home and belonging means to to you all, Um, you know, in a physical sense and in a psycho spiritual sense as well. Yeah, I feel like there were some codes shared and just, you know, I really love being reminded about reverence and um, I feel sometimes like my capacity to be reverent is like a temperature check. Like if I'm drinking, you know, from like a bowl of soup or something and I feel the magic of the soup and feel just like really connected to it or feel in awe of the flowers I'm walking by them. Like that's a very heart open way to be. And I also track where I feel more closed and don't feel that. And I feel like reverence is something that can be um, opened into and kind of exercised in some sense, or can even be a prayer, you know, like please open my heart to the beauty of life all around me. That's already here. Cause I think that when we don't feel connected to the abundance that's already around, we do want more or we don't feel fed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think part of Taurus magic, if we bring it back to Uranus and Taurus is feeling resourceful <laughs> and that is connected to, you know, what's already in our environment. And I think reverence is a beautiful way to tap into appreciating what already exists. And in that state, you know, magnifying the, those feeling states in ourselves and in the communities around us. I'm deeply grateful to to know you and to mm-hmm. connect with you in this way and to experience our friendship evolve and to exchange like resources between each other and among us. So thank Aww. you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much for visiting and sharing all your wisdom and expansive futuristic energies <laughs> and insights. Um mm. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Such an honor. Such an honor to connect with you all. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Catch you later. (laughs) 